All right, welcome back to Do Less. Um, it's a new year, trying out a new format. Um, for those of you watching right now, you'll notice there's more than two Don't of look us. Look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I look then, John? He's addressing his audience. Um, Wherever you want to, except, except the camera. <laughs> right, um, and so, because we're doing so much more work, we felt that wasn't really in the spirit of Do Less. So we got an unpaid intern here to pick up some of the slack and make sure we're still doing less on net. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? My name's Brendan, Brendan Dale. I went to college with these guys, so been buddies for a long time. Uh, I'm going to be a resident master of none, expert on nothing, and devil's advocate. So I'm going to be asking all the questions on things that I don't understand, uh, things that the general public might not know. Ask them to define some words that, that I don't know. <laughs> uh, try to make everything a little bit easier for everyone to understand. All right. So what's the topic of the day? Uh, I heard you want to talk about Bitcoin. No, no, no. You're the host. There. This is your idea. <laughs> oh, I should have more prepared. I knew that's where we were going to go with it. Um, I'm okay with starting with Bitcoin, see where, where it takes us. Okay. Um, I think you guys do a good job of understanding That's that. a good point, Something though. I'm about. okay with starting with Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what you guys came uh, to talk about, so let's do it. Right. No, I was, I'm serious. In a way, I'm okay with Bitcoin, starting with Bitcoin and see where it takes us, because I think the technology is a good starting point. Mm -hmm. It's a good proof of concept, but I don't think it is the end-all, be-all. Um, so I'm interested to see where it takes us in terms of harder money, but... Um, in terms of an end-all end solution, be-all solution, I don't think Bitcoin is the solution. Right. So, I mean, do you own any Bitcoin? I own, I purchased $200 of Bitcoin nice. at the peak uh, a couple <laughs> years ago, and it's now up above that. So, Like right at the, so, right at like the 20,000 high? Exactly. So I yeah. take it back. Everyone buy Bitcoin. <laughs> we got to get our man. <laughs> made money. That's only the only took way. two years. That's the only way he's going to get paid on this, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, so Bitcoin, the reason we wanted to talk about Bitcoin is because uh, it's popping off. Yeah, like it's, if you're paying attention, it's, the price is at like, what right now? 30,000, <laughs> over 30,000. Yeah, it went over 30,000 yesterday. Yeah, so a nice 50% return, you're right. basically rich at this point. That's right. $100 <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> It's not in my pocket. <laughs> um, just can't buy anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, Bitcoin is definitely going to get a lot of headlines right now, um, like it did when it was, like, reaching its highs of the last time. Um, and so we want to talk about, like, why, you know, why it's doing so well, potentially, right now, um, what the reasons behind buying Bitcoin are, if we think those make sense. Um, and so, I mean, I guess we should just start with like, what is a Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you don't know what a Bitcoin is, like a Bitcoin is just blockchain. So, you know, um, which means it's like a technology, right? And so all it is, is like a ledger of who's transacted from whom in Bitcoin. So if I send Bitcoin, to someone else that's kept tracked in this ledger which everyone on the network tries to proof uh, via some algorithm and then that sort of keeps the ledger going and consistent so that no one can basically falsify the ledger i guess right now we don't really have to spend too much time defining like how it does all that because mm -hmm. basically there's a lot of good resources out there that right. you can look up um I would suggest three blue one brown has a really good like just what is Bitcoin? How what, to, what was that three blue one yeah, brown? Three blue one brown is the YouTube That's channel. Like yeah. a Wi-Fi passcode. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but the, I guess the important thing for this conversation is that it holds a couple of assumptions, like um, it's anonymous, like right. all transactions are anonymous, but are verifiable to the person that. Mm or the person that is doing the transaction has to verify it themselves. It can't be someone else. So there's a couple of key like, cryptography aspects about mm -hmm. this. That's like new money. It's like digital, like the digital next iteration of like what money can be is what people think it is. And so um, if you just kind of hold those assumptions true, which for this conversation that can be 
a given because to mm-hmm. date it's worked well. Like the blockchain, mm-hmm. um, they've had issues in the past, but the current Bitcoin system is it works well. You know, it's a good proof of concept. Right, and like something you can compare it to is just like a credit card company. Like you, when you swipe a credit card, they're facilitating transactions for you, and you like you pay them like they get compensated as a result um and instead of doing it this way the way bitcoin keeps track of transactions and the network tries to essentially verify those transactions and that's what like mining is and then when you mine you get compensated for verifying transactions so it's it's conceptually similar to like a credit card company or like i don't just a bank in general but it's distributed it's it's not like one person's in charge of it um, I don't know, how do we do explaining Bitcoin? <laughs> That's helpful. I think um, one thing that I've learned from you guys is talking about it, mm-hmm. and maybe this isn't the natural transition for the conversation, but um, I think how it's popularized now um, is that people are just looking for something to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's used as a store of value, mm-hmm. um, which you guys have pointed out to me, um, but it's not functionally useful, um, or at mm-hmm. least it's not, not nearly as... Uh, as used right. um, yeah. worldwide as it as people as it is popular, um, so people are buying and selling it just for the purpose of buying and selling it, right? Um, which is not what it's designed to do, and not what's going to make it last in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so in that regard, Bitcoin is often compared to gold, and it's called very widely used digital gold because mm-hmm. of the aspects of gold that like we were just talking about mm-hmm. or like like you just said Dale um how it's like it's scarce so it's not like subject to inflationary mm-hmm. um policies it's um verifiable like gold is verifiable just cuz it's physically dense and it's hard to like replicate like if you're holding an ounce of gold in your hand mm-hmm. you're like I think I'm pretty sure this is an ounce of gold <laughs> because nothing else is this heavy in my hand. Like right. that's actually why they use gold as money. You know, initially they they saw it was valuable because they could hold it in their hand and then realize mm-hmm. you're not counterfeiting me. You're not giving me just like a shiny rock right. of some other um, composition. So there's a lot of things that um, people who otherwise may have invested in gold mm-hmm. or not invested in gold, bought gold to store their value, um, have been convinced that Bitcoin is a better because it's like electronic and easier to transact with and may have more uses, but um, we kind of disagree. Well, I disagree with that. Right. I think Bitcoin, is, or I think gold is still supreme to Bitcoin in just about every way. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so Bitcoin, I think like, the per- it's not really being used as money, right? Not yet. I mean, the assumption is maybe one day, but like, when we think about Basically, the way you know what money is, is you ask how much, what's the price? And whatever you denominate that price in, that's what money is, right? If I say, what's the price of the house? And you give it to me in dollars, well then dollars are money because that's how we're indexing everything. If I tried to tell you the price of things, the reason gold like isn't money right now is because if I told you the price of something in ounces of gold, you'd look at me like, I don't, right. tell me the price of gold in dollars so I can do calculations, right? So money is essentially just the index for everything, right? And clearly Bitcoin's not doing that. No one's negotiating their salary in Bitcoin. Medium exchange, is it? Medium exchange, yeah. right? Like no no one's no one's doing like business transactions in Bitcoin. So really a lot of what people are just doing with Bitcoin, buying it, holding it, trading it for dollars again or whatever currency they use in their country mm-hmm. and just speculating that the price of it's going to go up. And the question is why should you expect the price of Bitcoin to go up? Um, and I think there's a few assumptions why that would be the case. And one's because we're printing lots and lots of dollars. So we expect dollars to lose scarcity where these Bitcoins are finite. And so because they're finite, then they're more so retaining their value than dollars. But the thing is, what value exactly are they retaining in mm-hmm. the first place? And like, there really is no intrinsic value to a Bitcoin. Like, mm-hmm. it can't you can't do anything with it. Whereas like other things, like gold, there's actually like if you think about it, 
every wire in existence would be gold if it was cheaper. Like if, if gold was as abundant as copper, we would always use gold over copper because gold is just better. It doesn't corrode. It's more conductive. You're right. It's more conductive, more malleable. It's just sturdier. So it's just like a far better metal. And that's the reason it's so expensive is because the demand way outstrips the supply. Um, I have a question. So mm -hmm. why is the supply of Bitcoin limited? Because okay. it gets mined, right? There's mm. more now than there was five years ago. Yeah. Um, why is it capped? Yeah, so Bitcoin has inflation. Like it's, but it's built in. It's mm. part of the program. So if you were to look at the, the, the code that like basically creates Bitcoin, it's publicly available. Like anyone can double check how it works because everyone's essentially running the same code to mm -hmm. verify it. And so we all know how much it's going to increase by. We know exactly how many Bitcoins are going to be out there at any point in time. So because it's like it's scarce, but inflating at a rate that's linear, not exponential. And so our money inflates at a rate that's linear because it's 2% every year, which is compound growth, which is exponential growth. Mm -hmm. So it's much more scarce than like dollars are. Well, it's actual... Its actual creation schedule is logarithmic, or it's. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's not linear. It, yeah, it decreases by half every four years. Right. Sure. So you can think about that in a hundred years after decreasing, but like it started off by issuing, I think it was like ten min, or it started issuing by like five million a year, mm -hmm. and then after four years, two point five million a year, gotcha. and then so we're currently at a point where it's. I don't know the numbers, but in a hundred years, you keep having it from 2008, you'll basically be issuing 0 0.0000001 Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Bitcoin is, as a register or as a, like the Bitcoin value they have only goes to eight decimal places. So at that point, you'll actually be receiving zero Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So it's like after a hundred years, it'll effectively cease to issue new Bitcoin. Right. Right. And it's, that number will be 21. And million. so like okay. a way people are kind of essentially trying to guess a market value of Bitcoin is like the most obvious calculation would be like, okay, what are the supply of Bitcoins? And then look, what is the money supply? And if Bitcoin's going to be money one day, just compare those market caps, right. divide them. And that gives you like a price expectation of Bitcoin, which is like for even just for like the baseline US currency, it would be like $100,000. Per Bitcoin, that would be like, yeah, I guess, or like ten million. People just have varying like, oh, it's going to take over the world currency system, and that's going to be at that point ten million or something. You know? Right. So people have lofty mm -hmm. expectations of what Bitcoin is going to be worth. Right. Yeah. And very variable expectations. Right. Based on that type of math, but right now it seems just correlated to hype, essentially, just like <laughs> stocks. Well, yeah. So I like, so that's a very astute um, observation because. To clarify what you said earlier, you said, why does the price go up with Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. Well, people think it's going to be valuable in the future. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the actual logistical reason why Bitcoin goes up or goes down. Since Bitcoin is, as you mentioned, it's a purely speculative market. There's no use. There's no commodity use for Bitcoin. There's mm -hmm. no like, mm -hmm. I'm going to actually check. I'm going to cash out my Bitcoin in something not cash. So that's mm -hmm. actually not the way to, I'm going to take my Bitcoin and then I'm going to be the end user of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Right. There's none of that. So it's all purely speculative, which means the price is always at any given time going up if there's more buyers and sellers and going right. down if there's more sellers and buyers. Right. Like with most markets, that's how it is largely. Mm -hmm. But there is, like I said, that commodity use. So the users play a, a role in that, uh, that equation too. Like, the use goes up and the price goes up because there's more users. But if there's more buyers, Bitcoin goes up. If there's more sellers than buyers, it goes down. And then right. purely that's the only thing. It's actually a zero sum game. If you're if you're listening along with that, what that describes, it's a zero sum. Right. The only reason you can the the there you can uh, the price to go up to, to is there has to be a marginal buyer. And the only way it could go down is that is marginal seller. So at the end of the day, the money changing hands, the actual cash changing hands is mm -hmm. from a person to a person always. Right. And you're like, you know much more about real estate than I do. So correct me if I mess anything up here. But like in real estate, there is the speculative side where it's like I buy a property expecting the value to someone else to pay me more for it and like flip mm -hmm. the house and make money there. Um, and so part of 
the price of real estate is that sort of speculative side. But there are people who just buy a house and then live in it and then their children live right. in it. And then so you're essentially just taking that out of the the marketplace and like being an end user of it. Right. And so there is that like intrinsic value. It's like this is a home that I'm going to live in at the end of the day that puts floors in real estate yeah. prices because it's like a house can never go to zero because like who the heck's not going to buy a house for like, I don't even know, like 20K? Like, are you kidding? Well, like, that would be a good steal. To, just to clarify the world total price of houses like there's mm. never going to be a situation where every single house is at zero right it just can't be the there case because there's always, always going to be a buyer putting right. a floor there to be an end user of the right. product so is does that point mean that bitcoin is more similar to an american dollar than it is to gold because gold has an end user <laughs> and an american dollar you can't burn it to keep you warm for very long well you could right. actually that would be an end yes yeah, right <laughs> and we've seen that in like the weimar republic which was Germany when they were printing insane amounts of money to pay all their debts from World War One, yeah. or because they owed like reparations or whatever, um, and they were actually doing that. They were right. burning money mm -hmm. to keep themselves warm, and that, clearly that's a market failure, <laughs> right? Like that. If that's your end use of your currency, it's a pretty low floor, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's the same concept with Bitcoin. It's what's the price floor, and it's actually zero, right? Like there's yeah. no commodity value whatsoever it's actually negative in fact and john i think you were explaining this word like the price floor of bitcoin is actually negative when you think about it right you could explain it better than i could well because to maintain the network that is bitcoin is a lot of is a high energy cost okay. right so uh, there's actually a positive value of bitcoin where everyone just walks away from them they're like turns off their computer and said no more of that because <laughs> yeah. it's right. I, don't, I don't gain i don't seek to gain anything for that so right like bitcoin price could be positive and still everyone's like i'm turning off my computer because my electric bill is even higher, higher positive yeah. so it's like it's the price floor is actually negative on bitcoin which is to me the fundamental issue with investing in something as a store of value when you have like such a low floor um and i'm not saying it can't succeed as money because it actually can um, I just don't think it's going to be a very good system, but you know, we use all sorts of bad systems. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's totally possible that Bitcoin could be the money one day and like, mm -hmm. we could, like, you know, we're just wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's why, like, that gives you like a good reason to maybe just like you put in $200. If these price yeah. targets are of $10 million, sure. Buy a lottery ticket, you know, exactly. like, why, yeah. why not? You know, I, like it's not money you care about, sure. Um, but I wouldn't like try to like actually protect any wealth you have that you want to depend on in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, right. And if it is money one day, right? Yeah, like, and you bought in early, this would still be considered early if it's like money one day. Uh, you're gonna, yeah, you kind of like hit the lottery there. But Bitcoin is not an asset. If it's money, it's money. It's not an asset. Assets are different. Assets generate you income. So it's a one-time lump sum transfer of wealth from everyone who was late to the game to everyone who was early to the game. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of sick. Like that's great for you, Good but for you, yeah. it's not going to continuously keep you wealthy like Warren Buffett because mm -hmm. he has businesses. He owns equity. Right. So right. at the end of the day, even if you nail this speculation on bitcoin you're still going to be trading those bitcoins along the way for assets that are underpriced so eventually the person who's doing well is still the person who's a great investor in assets so right. like you're never just going to like hold bitcoin forever and just be some like bitcoin billionaire just all like sitting right. on bitcoin like eventually that guy is going to have to convert his bitcoin into assets and so the idea that it's going to reach this super high potential doesn't make sense to me because eventually you're going to be like, okay, this, this is a good time to just start mm -hmm. selling my Bitcoin right. for other assets. So you could become a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin billionaire by buying Bitcoin or early mm -hmm. or maintaining a profitable allocation of resources, <laughs> at which point Bitcoin becomes money and then people pay you billions of Bitcoin. Right, exactly. So if right. Bitcoin does... Or not billions of Bitcoin. Hit the billions of cash worth of Bitcoin right. at that point. Right. So, yeah, like you can still get in early to Bitcoin 
by just getting into good assets that Bitcoiners are going to want to overpay for in the long run. So it's like you're still kind of better off just investing in true income generating value mm -hmm. than like some than money. Right. Like even like because so when we advocate like gold, I still view gold as basically money, not an asset. Like I'm not trying to get rich from gold. I'm buying gold because I want to use that gold to spend on something one day because I don't think the dollar, unless we change our behavior, will be doing that for me anymore. Like I feel, I feel like there will be a day where we will be buying th some stuff in something other than dollars unless the Fed changes their policy. Do you think that's going to happen in our lifetime? I think it could, yeah. I, I think it's a good chance. Yeah, it's I possible. Think it's, Definitely possible. I think in our lifetime, so if we're talking 50-year time horizon, I say it's better than 50% chance. But really? it's just really yeah. just because... So I was going to say, so the dollar, I think, has a much greater leniency than any of the other currencies we've looked at, at ever throughout history. Like the dollar has the most leeway in terms of abusing this reserve currency status where we print money and people will accept it because we have built the best credit, like the most faith in the dollar. Credit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Like in, in history, because America, without a doubt, is like the wealthiest country, most like kind of highest superpower in history. So that leeway gives us a lot of room to just print excess dollars and right. people will buy them because it's been trusted so heavily. Mm -hmm. And well, the leeway is the reserve currency status. That's what I'm really. saying. Yeah. yeah. So the, le the leeway is the fact that people still trust this dollar, even if we're printing lots and lots of them. Mm -hmm. But that leeway is not infinite, right? Mm -hmm. And the current trajectory we on shows no signs of capping itself, right? So it's like in 2008, we printed $4 trillion roughly over like two years or whatever, right? The first... QE. Um, this is neglecting yeah. the normal. Over the, over the next 10 years, four and a half. Trillion. Right. And there's also, there's also steady increases in the money supply other than this, but right. we're talking about additional. Up to that date, it was a trillion in the whole history right. of the Federal Reserve, hundred years, right. one trillion. And then in 10 years, four trillion. And in the last year, another four trillion. Right. So we're spiking right now at like an insane pace. Right. Mm -hmm. We've gone from a, like, uh, yeah, a hundred years, as you said, of four trillion, to two ten years of per two ten year periods of four trillion at a time. Ten year tr four so. trillion and one year ten four trillion. Yeah. Oh yeah, one year. Sorry, one this one year. Right. This twenty twenty was four trillion in one year. So we went from a hundred years of one trillion, ten years of four, and then one year of four. So this is like so we're somewhere yeah. around nine trillion in yeah in. Uh, in like base money. Oh, in monetary base? It's yeah, like monetary base. Okay. But what I what I'm the number I'm saying is the the, um, the balance sheet. The balance sheet of Fed, Yeah, the right? balance sheet, which is it's I think it's around 7 trillion. So right. the numbers are which is like their It's just over 7. Trillion. It's essentially their additional liabilities, right? Cuz they've mm -hmm. printed this money for these assets and unless they buy those um, or unless they sell those assets back, that money never gets taken out right if they were to um sell those assets they could get dollars back and take that money back out of the um circulation right and that was the original intention right, right. so the intention was we're going to buy these um like mortgage-backed securities other things that are like considered toxic because mm -hmm. people are just scared to touch it they bought them and then they're like we're just going to let it roll off and they were for like two months and then our credit markets started to break down, um, in particular called the. Do you mind if I? Yeah. That, not to, you can keep going because this is a good history of, you know, the dollar has a bunch of perverse incentives. So mm -hmm. what you're describing is, and so I would actually say, like in the in the um, the flavor of our current conversation, like if Bitcoin were to replace money, mm -hmm. or, uh, replace U.S. dollar, I think it would actually be a good thing. Like it would be <laughs> good for everyone. So, in that reason, I actually don't hate bitcoin i think that the people that like bitcoin and for the reasons they like bitcoin for the reasons that you're explaining mm -hmm. why our current system is so messed up mm -hmm. um 
I, I agree. I think Bitcoin is a solid attempt at, you know, creating something that can replace the dollar, that has the very sound fundamentals of, um, that's not subject to these perverse incentives of the dollar. Mm-hmm. So we're just, so that being said, mm-hmm. we're just saying that Bitcoin isn't the answer and right. it's not going to be. The answer. Yeah. I have a clarifying question. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been speaking about Bitcoin uh, earlier, at least about um, how Bitcoin is not used as a means of transaction. Right. Is it true that it's never used as a transaction or it's just not nearly used as much as it is popular? It's it's used in transaction like a little bit. Like well, people will... Well, here's the clarifying. So... Yeah. People that say, like, so to use Bitcoin in a transaction is to give Bitcoin for something, right? right? So some people that you see on Twitter or see in the news where get their salary in Bitcoin, right? When they mm-hmm. say that, you say, oh, there's a transaction in Bitcoin. That, but actually, if you look into it, what they're doing is not actually transacting for Bitcoin. They're working, their contract is in dollars. Right. And at the time of their paycheck, their paycheck through these services is converted to Bitcoin or their paycheck in dollars is converted to Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is sent to the person. Right. Um, so they're receiving a variable number of Bitcoin each week that's tied to a number of dollars. So they're actually getting, what they're doing is they're getting paid in dollars and immediately transferring so someone's to buying the Bitcoin for them. Right. On their, some their spec- salary. Some speculation. Yeah. Are there not people who are making purchases yeah. online so for physical things? I don't Bitcoin? know how much to this date, but that's how it started, right? right. Like originally people yeah. were selling Bitcoin for drugs. Right. right. So it's like, and even then, I don't know if it was priced in Bitcoin. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like the, the, the trade might have been like, it's $20 for these drugs or whatever. And it's not even important to know whether or not, because if someone said, I'll go sell you a gram of mm-hmm. the cocaine for a Bitcoin, if they put that up, it's like, okay, yeah, someone could have done that at some point. Mm-hmm. But the, like what they've done wasn't really... Like that was more of a, um, if they were like a Bitcoin maximalist, that was more of a, like a Bitcoin, like proof of dedication to them. Mm-hmm. Cause there's no financial incentive to do that. If the Bitcoin is worth today, like it's been volatile. It's the whole history of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. If you price something in Bitcoin and you sell it a week later and you've just lost 30% of your transaction, it's like, okay, yeah, you, you were dedicated. You did it. You sold it in Bitcoin, right. but um, it was just absolutely not efficient relative to the U.S. dollar right. and to the U.S. dollar, um, which itself is volatile, but less. So, if there is the potential for it to replace a currency, mm-hmm. then in that scenario, we're talking about actually using Bitcoin as a means of transaction right. for right. everyone regularly. If I'm going to buy a banana at the store, right. mm-hmm. like it would say some one fraction of Bitcoin. <laughs> right. I don't even it's know changing. what fraction of it. Yeah. Would be. yeah, exactly. And what Jeff was saying earlier is the kind of thought experiment where. You you lend the Bitcoin maximalists their full due whatever mm-hmm. they you know what they think is going to happen just lend like let's do a thought experiment or okay you're right Bitcoin mm-hmm. will replace money mm-hmm. it will become um, like exchangeable it will become less volatile it'll just and um, I forget what was going on so let's take the ma- <laughs> let's take the maximizing scenario right, right. Um, and ask a few questions does it have the potential to replace a national currency or in an international currency. Um, if it does, is that gonna be a good thing or a bad thing for the world? And um, are you supposing that blockchain more generally has a potential to do that, but Bitcoin is not the blockchain technology that'll be the winner? I think blockchain does have the, the potential to do that. Yeah. I don't think it's Bitcoin. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Bitcoin is actually pretty slow. Transactions take like 15 minutes and it's there's already the price and that can't be that problem can't be solved the time well that'll actually increase that, that time will actually increase with more transactions yeah as a ledger grows yeah as more people are transacting the le- each ledger block needs more transactions right or no each ledger block is a fixed number of transactions right so if you can't get in on that block then you have to wait 15 you have to right. wait 10 minutes to the next block to and so, is that not true of all blockchains could you create some a blockchain blockchains are faster more efficient yeah than, so that's like another thing is like you could just make Bitcoin 2.0, which is just better straight Which up. is essentially what Bitcoin Cash is. Bitcoin Cash is, Bitcoin Cash is a fork of Bitcoin, which means they took the, they took the rules of Bitcoin and mm-hmm. just changed the rules a little bit and said, we're going to continue with little different rules mm-hmm. with just larger transactions per block. Mm-hmm. And it other, otherwise is completely equal, but right. it trades at a quarter right. of... Doesn't like, that kind of create a threat to any single blockchain becoming 
the a, a currency because it can be right. replaced. Right. Yeah. So the actual scarcity of Bitcoin is like, yes, Bitcoin mm-hmm. that you created, you know, Bitcoin, like this ledger. Yes, it will never exceed twenty one million. But you can fork it. You can change it. You can create a Ethereum. You can create right. all sorts of coins with the same rules. Right. So the scarcity that you have is actually just by name. It's not actually scarcity by function or by value. Right. Like the brand Bitcoin is scarce. But the concept, the actual right. value of Bitcoin is right. not scarce. You can do it an infinite number of iterations. And that makes it almost seem impossible for any one blockchain to become a large-scale currency. Well, that's the thing. It, if it, The thing that I would probably need to see to say I think that would... Uh, mm-hmm. Is that people elect to go in for value over a dollar? Because what you said mm-hmm. earlier, it's like, well, Bitcoin, you know, kind of you can compare it to fiat at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, because fiat is valuable because we all store mm-hmm. or we all play, lend value to it. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is valuable because we all lend value to it. So if there's a blockchain that's efficient, fast, mm-hmm. decentralized, all the good things about Bitcoin, but it also actually has a physical value that is. Um, you know, it's maybe hard in some way or backed by some kind of commodity. Mm-hmm. That, to me, I would see that and I would say, okay, that has a lot of opportunity to become the currency that people will elect to go into. Right. For, for its but point. here's the thing. I actually think the concept of a hard cryptocurrency doesn't actually even make sense because the whole point of Bitcoin is it's decentralized and requires no third-party trust. But as soon okay. as it's hard... Right. You now involve trust because you can't digitally transact anything hard. Right. So it's like you unless there's some control of some resource that can be controlled by software, which I can't really think of anything myself because like a physical person needs to deliver whatever. Yeah, that's why I think that if you have a if you have a physical definition Mm -hmm. of the currency, but that requires well this this again i think electricity you can actually define with software and then verify with hardware Mm -hmm. now who who makes the hardware so there's always the question of who is there someone verifying at the end of the day to the extent that you can solve those questions and create a currency that you've you've shown me that you've made a better version of right and so like to me like what i think would be a better form of money like right now that we could do would just be better than Bitcoin or uh, fiat is literally just going back to like gold standard mm-hmm. and then just putting it in a vault and just assigning ownership to like mass of gold in that vault mm-hmm. to whoever you want digitally. And so, yes, there is this third party trust of like we trust the vault will deliver the physical gold to us at some point. Mm-hmm. And so... As long as, like, but you could also hold the gold yourself, right? So it's like, you don't necessarily need to opt into this second level of trust where it's like someone's controlling your gold for you, but you there's some efficiency gain in lending a little bit of trust because right. now I can just trade gold without actually physically trading it. Right. I can just trade my ownership to someone else like a debit card. And that can easily. be private companies like right. banks doing that. It doesn't and, have to be a government. And there are companies that are trying to do this, but the government's smart, right? They say gold is an asset. It's not money. And by doing that, they can um, tax you capital gains on transactions that are actually done in gold. So the transaction costs of actually using gold and money are actually insanely high right now because any transaction is subject okay. to capital gains. Mm. So it's like that's, sales, ta- sales taxes. If sales tax is like 15%. <laughs> right. So it's right. like, it just doesn't make sense. Or even higher if it's, if it's short-term gains, it's mm-hmm. like it's your marginal tax rate, which could be like 40%. <laughs> right. So like some private company could totally just come in and do this. And there are ones that are trying to do it and like figure out if there's like ways to navigate around uh, the law like this. But I mean, I don't think, I think the government is clever in that they know that right. if they let it's other threat. money compete, they lose a ton of their power. Right. Right. It is. It's all their power. Yeah. So yeah. I do. I do. What, one more thing I want to say about because just the concept of the Bitcoin maximalist arg- argument. Like if Bitcoin does take over a currency, I just have one more point. 
because when I when I usually do this thought experiment, oh, I lend the Bitcoin maximalist the most mm -hmm. credit. Mm -hmm. I'm usually doing it in a, as a way to point out the flaws of like what would happen in a world where Bitcoin mm -hmm. does take over. Right. So I'm kind of making this. It's not. I'm trying not to be a straw man because I'm literally saying what they're saying. Oh, Bitcoin is gonna take over more mm -hmm. money. This, yeah. But at that point, if Bitcoin truly is this windfall, that's just you're gonna be like people say. Oh, I have this, I have this much Bitcoin. I'm gonna become the wealthiest person. Or whoever has the most Bitcoin is going to be the wealthiest person in the world in the future. It's like, okay, well, right now we are citizens at the, um, you know, we're uh, at the hands of the government's bad decisions when mm -hmm. they're choosing. They have this consolidated power to control the dollar. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if these Bitcoin holders become, since it is a zero-sum system, the, if they truly do gain that much wealth, like goods and services, in the in the long run like at, from just holding bitcoin that means everyone who doesn't hold bitcoin has to give them those goods and services so you can right. say at that point aren't you just at the hands of these bitcoin holders like have, hasn't the power just shifted from the government to the bitcoin holders which mm -hmm. the whole reason of bitcoin is to take the power away from the government and distribute it so if it's like oh we're going to take power from the government and then we're going to have this consolidated power right it's like or this even not even power consolidated benefit of goods and services it's like well you just explained to me how your system if i trust you that your system is going to work so well how much the rest of the world is going to owe you <laughs> right and like it's better distributed though right or i guess potentially maybe it would know. be distributed according <laughs> yeah. to whoever just bought in early like right. right if you think oh you just got elected why do you have any more why should you have any more benefits and it's like oh i agree with that it's like, well, I just got into Bitcoin early. It's like, well, I don't think you have any more claim to goods and services than the Fair. person that just yeah. got elected with 51%. Right. <laughs> and also, like, if Bitcoin is money, again, let's look at the richest people, the wealthiest people in uh, the world right now. None of them have the most dollars. You know, like, that's right. like, we don't even know how many, because it's so irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's like, the richest people are like, Bill Gates, Bezos... Warren Buffett, what do they all own? Businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, we know that you're not going to be insanely wealthy from having lots of money. Right. Like no one who is wealthy who has lots of money. That's just never been the case. Yeah. Right. It is in its simplest form, right? Right. If someone <laughs> does right now have $200 million in cash. Right. They're wealthy. Right. Well, actually, a person is kind of stupid because it's going to go away. <laughs> like it, just, right. it inflates away. Right. Like, yeah, like no actually person who somehow did get that much cash rich would ever just hold that much cash because right. that would be stupid. And you don't get rich by holding it. You don't get that <laughs> right. much money by holding cash. <laughs> right. Yeah. So just the whole idea of like this new money is going to make you wealthy, I just think is kind of silly on its face. Yeah. yeah. It, if you, if you don't agree with that, I just really want you to do the thought experiment of like um, – you may, because I hear people make this argument. I think they just don't realize the argument they're making. They don't. They think that Bitcoin is is so great, so efficient, mm -hmm. which I'll, I agree. I'll give you that. And then if I have a lot of Bitcoin, and in the future I'll be rich. And it's just like, well, if you hold that much Bitcoin and Bitcoin is that efficient, that doesn't mean that you own the value that Bitcoin provides. You don't have equity in the value Bitcoin provides. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah so just what we've said before it's just it's not bitcoin is not equity it's right you're just participating in a very efficient system mm -hmm. and you want that efficient system to do well but if that efficient system does well it doesn't really necessarily mean you'll become rich right it's getting in early right that's that's the summary because that's an, if, if like if bitcoin is this thing you really want to hold really badly that's not a good money <laughs> like money right. you want to just spend right right <laughs> like you don't like yeah you might want to hold a little bit of it but not like a ton of it just right. enough to fucking because you can't <laughs> efficiently turn it into assets right you have to turn it into cash first right exactly yeah and so it's like it's just not really liquid um so i don't know yeah the assumption in that thought experiment of the of the bitcoin maximalist argument that we lend is like all bitcoin purchases purchasers uh, expend their entire liquid net worth on Bitcoin yeah. and never sell it yeah. while also Bitcoin is extremely liquid. It's like those right. two things don't... Right. It's like, okay, assume those things are true. Right. There's still problems, but also <laughs> those things can't be true. <laughs> right. Got it. So here's another question. I think mm -hmm. most people that want to learn something about Bitcoin are 
asking questions because they want to find a way to make money by investing in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so again, as we discussed, that's a flaw. Um, what is your guys' hypothetical uh, peak value of where Bitcoin lands? I know this is totally speculative. Where do you think it is uh, a year from now? And uh, secondly, um, did you guys have such little faith in the dollar? Is that reason to uh, invest in Bitcoin? Um, I really have really little faith in Bitcoin, honestly. Um, I think it could get really high because we are creating so much inflation in the dollar that gives a lot of room for speculators. So there's plenty of room to speculate on Bitcoin and its price could get insanely high. Mm -hmm. I think I don't, I, I, I really struggle to give it a target because I think it could go over a hundred K. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. totally possible. Um, but I think eventually in our lifetime, it, could go to zero. it will go to, right. I, th I think it will go to it zero go. in our lifetime right. eventually. And so the question is, can you navigate this landscape of buying in early and selling high, which is what obviously everyone wants to do. And it's like, that to me seems like an impossible game because there's no way to guess the collective psychology of everyone. And so right. it, to me, it just seems futile if you want to have fun it's this is one of the easiest ways to, to gamble the vig is low <laughs> so yeah, i mean yeah. if you want to have some fun and gamble yeah. sure go ahead um i think that's there's nothing really wrong with that right um, people, people like to do the like oh in a year from now if bitcoin is higher then you'll admit you're wrong like and then yeah, no. it's just like well <laughs> right, right. no it's a, i mean we li we're literally calling it a speculative bubble right. which is what made the price go over 30k right. so it's like what's the definition of a speculative bubble the price can go very high, very right. much higher than it's worth. So it's like right. to say that it goes higher than what otherwise is higher than it's worth is mm -hmm. just a continuation of the premise right. that it's right. higher, higher than it's worth. Right. Like I'm never going to admit, there's no price tag of Bitcoin where I'm like, oh, no, I was wrong. Oh, man, I was, <laughs> right. I was wrong. There is the scenario where people, like it actually becomes money. If it's actually money and people are like legit transacting it, like your salary is Bitcoin, you mm -hmm. do groceries are Bitcoin, I'll admit I'm wrong. But right. there's no price target of Bitcoin. Sure. Where I was like, oh, oh man, I was wrong about Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so the possibility of it uh, actually being used as money, you put a very low likelihood on that probability. I think it's like zero. <laughs> and Honestly, it seems right. like what you guys both think is it's going to continue to inflate essentially on speculation and hype. Mm -hmm. And at some point in our lifetime, it's going to go to zero, mm -hmm. but impossible to predict when. Yeah, that's a, right. good, that's a good way to say it. And um, I think I had one more thing to say about it. Well, what you said is, if you think that the dollar is bad, is it worth to go into Bitcoin? It's like, well, I think Bitcoin as a system would be better than the dollar system. Mm -hmm. But I don't think placing your money in Bitcoin with the expectation to transact for guns and ammo in a case of like sure. real bad situation. Right. It's like, that's probably more risky than dollars because... Like at least a dollar people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you going to go to the, like the corner store and be like, I need groceries and here, let me explain to you what Bitcoin is and I'm going to give you Bitcoin. Right. Because <laughs> not everyone has and bought it. I'll give you another good, so I remember what I was going to talk about. So uh, Venezuela is an example of a country that was very prosperous and created a lot of inflation in their currency. Mm. And that caused a huge increase in their stock market. So like... The Venezuelan stock market for a certain period of time was making like amazing gains. Yeah, like 100%. Right. And, and then, but eventually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eventually, the inflation just became too much. Yeah. And then suddenly, it didn't make sense to be invested in businesses in a country that had a failing currency. Right. And so, suddenly, those businesses were bad investments, right? So mm -hmm. there was this period where, yeah, you could have made awesome returns. And if you got out into a hard money or something secure or some other asset that was underpriced, it could have been a great speculative trade to ride. But as a long-term investment, obviously anyone invested in Venezuela is not happy about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Pretty useful. You got anything, any, yeah. anything else? Any final thoughts? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think uh, my general thoughts on it are pretty similar. I think mm -hmm. the my sort of takeaway conclusion is what I just said there. Mm -hmm. is like price is going to continue to rise, but it's not ultimately likely to become a lasting currency. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if you want to invest in it, you're buying a lottery ticket. So view it that way. <laughs> right. Um, but there's potential to make money doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but until you see people around you transacting in Bitcoin, right? Uh, don't believe the hype too much. Right. Yeah. Um, that's I, a good summary. That's a good summary. My final thought would be like, a lot of people see the price go up to where it is right now, and be like, mm-hmm. oh man, I was, I wish I'd been holding Bitcoin since a dollar. And it's like, yeah. the fact that you wish that you had Bitcoin now like in the idea of like i wish i had this much net worth mm-hmm. well it's like if you tr- the more you understand it's like okay well then you would sell it right now because <laughs> you understand that you should sell it at higher right. and then right. if that is true then you shouldn't buy it right now because you would be selling <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 right very good point and what i was gonna say is there's no way that like you sh- oh i missed out on buying a dollar well now that you know what you know you would have sold it at two dollars <laughs> right so you bought it at two dollars was that? Well, it's like, think about how much higher would it have to go right now? Like, if it went up 100% from now, would you sell? And if the answer is true, then if you bought it a dollar, you would have sold it too. Right. Right. <laughs> I think I saw, uh, the looked it up the other day, the low was six cents, just something like five years wow. ago. Five I years? I did not know that. Yeah. But still, like, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah. Right. And it's also, a, it's also a self-defeating, like, if you would have bought the market cap of like what you could have afforded at six cents. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there would be less supply for the people that are actually influential. Like unless you were an influential Bitcoin mm-hmm. maximalist, like yeah. the other Bitcoin maximalists that got in and then started to propagate the bubble. Mm-hmm. It's like, you might've pro- made the cost prohibitively high for them to ever get in. So it's like the, the fact that like, it's not just completely, it wasn't completely liquid at that point to the mm-hmm. point where you could have bought $600 worth of six cents Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You would have done that, and it would have gone up to five hundred dollars just then, because <laughs> you would have been the only buyer at that. Proof that someone's buying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. like you got to understand how the market. Like it's only going up because there's more buyers than sellers. Right. If you were the maximal buyer, you have actually prohibited other people from being the buyer. So it's like, you would be the back holder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I have nothing more to add. I think, kind of covered most things I feel about Bitcoin on this one. Oh, cool. You want to do bonus questions? Sure. Random, random bonus topics? Bonus questions? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. If I'm, I stole this from Sam Harris. Okay. He does this, at, at least he used to. Um, and I'll start with one of his questions too. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start the lightning round bonus questions with one directly from stealing from Sam Harris. Just <laughs> so you guys get the flavor of where, where these can go. Um, if we could bring back the T-Rex, should we? No. Why? Uh, it'll have influences on our food chain, so we have no idea. What... You, you could keep it in a zoo. Um, then yeah, screw it. Dr- Jurassic Park. <laughs> It'd be cool idea. Yeah, I would um, say yeah. Should... Yeah, I think why not? Uh, I don't know. It's I, it's, I it's, it's a tough question because I'm always a advocate against things where we the second order effects are not well known. Right. Uh, but generally biodiversity is a good thing for if you care about like life in general like i feel like so yeah. i don't know i don't i don't see how it could be that harmful gotcha <laughs> yeah i agree i'm pro dinosaur <laughs> yeah i just want to see it <laughs> yeah exactly all right we're going more lightning round bonus questions um without expanding too far on it try to do it in a sentence or two um what is the biggest problem our country or world faces that nobody's talking about the fed it's underreported <laughs> and the fed yeah fed. the fed yeah i mean I we have a whole podcast about that so it's kind of like <laughs> right. yeah. that's clearly your biggest issue right uh, um, where you take issue with most yeah i just think that there's i, I just think there's so many second order third order things yeah. that the fed is yeah. is messing and to up your point with. i think it's one of those things that's complicated enough that uh people don't try to understand it and it's definitely underreported right. yeah because uh, it's not a emotional headline that people can grab onto yeah right um yeah. maybe uh, absent the fed since we just talk about t- that too much um maybe uh can never talk about it too much here's <laughs> no, no one's doing it yeah. <laughs> maybe um here's a here's one that might be a little bit more nuanced i think that we're on a direction so i would say i guess one sentence reverse the direction of unified world government and have more trial, trialistic, 
try more like just more smaller governments to trial and error yeah. more iterations governments that are but but even to a point where they're like isolated from each other and don't know what each other are doing so that after the fact you, you they're not influencing each other each other yeah i think that's not likely to happen though being isolated like that but but, but okay so the I trend, think a lot of negative things would have to happen for to us for us to be in that uh like, like that isolation that i don't think so i think it, it could yeah. be a voluntary thing i can i think if people because people understand that don't put all your eggs in one basket, essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you could convince people that it's like, well, if everyone's trying the same thing and it's the wrong thing. Right. Oh, then... um, I mean, I think maybe not that many people are aware of this, but there is a genocide happening in China committed by the Chinese government. So like that's I'm piggybacking that onto what you're saying. If you only have a few powers, they're so consolidated, it's hard to contest mm-hmm. this like level of yeah uh you know authoritarian right because essentially every war moving forward is gonna be a world war right since everyone's so connected and everyone's right, right. this is true well this podcast is no longer uh <laughs> to be seen in china it is not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right last question we just lost the nba as a sponsor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um if uh, if you could give your 16-year-old self one piece of advice other than buying Bitcoin, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I would say have some humility. I think I was a little... I thought I knew more than I did back then, for sure. And I was definitely pretty arrogant in a lot of ideas I hadn't really thought about at all. And so just... Try to listen to like lots of people who are older than you because they have lots of life experience and just don't be so dead set in your opinions when if you haven't actually really thought them that well through. Yeah, he is really good. Um, I would say, yeah, it makes me well. What, while you're talking, I was thinking about the rule, Jordan Peterson's rule for life. Um, which is listen to others as if they have something to say that you're not aware of or that mm-hmm. you have something to learn from, which is like humility. But uh, I, I agree. I think um, I was, I definitely like, yeah, I don't want to just repeat your answer. So I'm trying to like think. No, that's okay. I, no, it's a good one. <laughs> it's okay. I got sick I think, answers. It's fine. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I think Jeff just nailed it. <laughs> I think that's all I have. Let's all right. Any other fun things you want to talk about? Nah, I think that was a, a good episode. Yeah, I think you uh, did a good job hosting. Thank you. Yeah, thank um, you. We're willing to not pay you again to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> At that price, I'm in. <laughs>